It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. I think things are going to get better. I really, really do. And, and I, you know, the really good thing, the, the great thing that's coming uh, in November, obviously, we've got the uh, an election coming up where the Democrat radical moist dream of the class of 1968 will be profoundly and resoundly defeated. But the other thing that I'm thankful for is that so many Democrats don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand. They want to double down on things like AOC wants to double down on the failed policies of New York City. Uh, she literally months ago wrote the mayor and said that uh, they need to do uh, de- defund the police on uh, public transit. And look what that's gotten, a 50% rise in crime since uh, Mayor Adams took over the uh, mayor's office in New York City. So uh, a lot of stuff to get to. I do also will, uh, you know, if I get the chance to share some of my experience this weekend because um, uh, it, it was profound. Uh, the, the visit that I had to Florida was profound in many ways. One of them was that me, me, little old me, who's been in broadcasting for, uh, well, since about 1990, um, and and literally until about a year and three months ago, I had to sell cars for a living because uh, I didn't have a full-time gig in radio because uh, many in corporate radio decided some for some reason that maybe I wasn't uh, fit to do talk radio. I'm not sure what the deal was. But uh, this year, after all of that, I was invited to hang out at Mar-a-Lago and have dinner with Donald Trump. How's that sound, everybody? And, you know, I was um, thinking about how sometimes in your life maybe you, you've reached a, a low and, and you, you may not feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I was taken by a few stories. And regardless of how you feel about people politically, uh, this weekend there's this artist, uh, rap artist, her name is Lizzo. I'm not a big fan of Lizzo, all right? Um, she's uh, pretty good. Her music is pretty good. Um, but uh, I'm not, you know, in the demo, as it were. But this woman uh, has uh, become a multi, multi, multi platinum artist. She's a very rich person, and she was living in her car at one point. And and for that, I give her kudos. I don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, how she performs, what she performs, whatever. But uh, great things can happen. Anything is possible in this country. And I had the opportunity to meet many people for whom they, uh, you know, came to this country because the belief in the country is still there, even though the left in this country wants to destroy it all. There's a fire that still burns within patriotic Americans, and it is overwhelming and resounding. It really is. It's overwhelming. And it's resounding, and it's going to result in a pummeling of a political party and a political movement like never before, and hopefully will cause the Democrat Party to either uh, reinvent itself, which I doubt, or completely disappear into the dustbin of history. This would this election be the uh, exclamation point on a history of destruction, of despair, of racism, of uh, nonsense, of high taxes, of high governance, of... Uh, crapping on the Constitution, uh, I would venture to say that the Democrat Party has never been a force for good, and that is all going to come out on the wash when November rolls around, regardless of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, what happens between now and then. It's too late for the Democrats. That said, I, I did want to mention this, and, and uh, I, I had a chance to meet Donald Trump. One thing you'll notice about uh, Donald Trump in the pictures that you've seen uh, that I posted on uh, social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, under Rob Carson's show, 
was uh, pictures of Donald Trump standing with me and how how great he looks. He literally he has gotten younger. He's gotten younger. He's gotten trim. He looks fantastic. He does not look like a seventy four year old man. And I wanted to juxtapose two uh, messages this weekend uh, from this weekend that I think that you'll find uh, rather interesting. Here is uh, President Trump with his Easter and Passover message. I didn't hear anything like this from uh, Joe Biden, by the way. My fellow Americans, at this holy time of the year, families across our nation gather in homes, churches, and synagogues to light candles and to praise God. During the sacred holiday of Passover, Jewish families around the world give thanks to God for liberating the Jewish people from bondage in Egypt and delivering them to the promised land of Israel. For Christians, we remember the suffering and death of God's only Son and His glorious resurrection on the third day. When he, he is so violating the, uh, you know, the principle of uh, separation of church and state. For Sunday, we proclaim with joy... Oh, wait, no, he's not in the government. Never mind. Christ is risen. Both of these sacred celebrations remind us that God's love redeems the world. Almost 3,000 years ago, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Darkness covers the earth, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. In America, we look to the light of God to guide our steps. We trust in the power of the Almighty for wisdom and strength. And the Democrat Party looks to the light of government, or I should say the darkness of it. And we praise our Heavenly Father for the blessings of freedom. And the gift or to Democrats, the flying spaghetti monster in the sky of eternal life. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. New York Governor Kathy Hochul marked Good Friday on Friday after a social media post on Thursday in which she both invited people to come to get abortions in the Empire State and slammed GOP Governor Ron DeSantis for signing pro-life legislation. See, that's the difference between the two. A holy weekend. Versus holy crap. There you go. That's what the, the Democrats offer. They offer you holy crap. Uh, DeSantis signed legislation on Thursday that will protect the lives of unborn children by prohibiting the performance of most abortions if the gestational age of the baby is greater than 15 weeks. Okay? Uh, so here's what Kathy Hogel said. Smiling from ear to ear as he rips away the reproductive rights of Floridians, it's cruel and despicable to anyone seeking abortion care. We know that you are welcome in New York. Isn't that a wonderful thing to uh, offer to people? Come to New York, get overtaxed, you might get murdered, but your baby definitely will. Yeah. The next day, Hochul posted a message to Mark Good Friday. Today I join Christians throughout New York and around the world in observing Good Friday. Let us be reminded that even in challenging times, hope and light always lie ahead. Even though, by the way, um, she offers none of that. She offers absolutely none of this. And then I found this recording of, uh, of uh, Kathy Hochul from, I believe this is last year. This is, this is classic Democrat this is her literally thanking God for government. I've prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. Wow, did that uh, did that replace like a crucifix? I'm thinking it probably replaced a crucifix. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. Yeah, God wants you to get vaccinated. See, that she literally has made the government God. You know this. 
You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need uh, you that was the fiesta de resistance, which she asked people to be her apostles. To go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. I need you to be my apostles. Does she even know what she just said? I don't think she does. Brother, we love each oh. other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? How do you do that there, Kathy? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. This is just, I mean, I, this is even more bizarre that I hear it again right now. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor. We want our kids to be healthy when they're molested in schools. Is what, when they read those books in the libraries and everything. And, go to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. Okay, so there you go. That's kind of exemplified. <laughs> The difference between the left and right in this country. Uh, let's go to Alan in uh, in Santa Cruz, California, the home of the awesome KSCO Radio, one of our affiliates. Hello, sir, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Bonjour et merci beaucoup, monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, yes. I want a, your opinion yes, sir. on something that's really kind of got me a little confused, and okay. that is, these Republicans that call themselves liberals or liberals that call themselves Republicans. Now, I'm not real strong at this. I'm not as smart as you. So that's why I'm asking you because and correct me uh, if I'm wrong, because to me, this is an oxymoron or a contradiction. Sure. I don't really think you can truly be a Republican a true Republican and be liberal at the same time. What, what's your take on that, my friend? Uh, liberal is not what is being espoused as liberal today. Liberal originally meant to be open-minded. Liberal, you could be a liberal Republican, you could be a liberal Democrat. Uh, if you're just looking at the word liberal as uh, was originally defined, I discovered around 30 years ago that liberal did not mean open-minded, not one little bit, because I was noticing what was happening on American uh, University campus where supposed liberals were a part of uh, the staff and, uh, and faculty of, the, of these institutions. They're not liberal. They are left, left of center. As far as being a liberal uh, conservative, I think, uh, you know, I've got a friend named Chris Plant who does a nationally syndicated radio program. He's really funny. He likes to call himself a liberal in the classic sense. And if he... he being a liberal means to be able to break bread with those who politically oppose you or oppose your viewpoints, then I would agree that you can be a liberal conservative or you can be a, a liberal leftist. Um, but leftists are never liberal. Leftists are just left of center. They are just left of center. So do I believe that you can be open-minded as a conservative? Yes. Do I believe you can be open-minded as a Democrat? I would say yes. Increasingly rare, though. Uh, but as far as the classic word liberal and its meaning, I think that it has changed greatly, and liberal and left are frequently synonymous. Uh, so when you hear people who say they're conservative and liberal, that's where the confusion may lie. Why, Alan, did you, uh, who have you observed making these observations? Well, actually, one of the talk, I don't want to mention his name, sure, but one sure, of the sure. talk show hosts, uh, on this actual radio station just really kind of spins my head around because, I mean, I'm a real basic guy, right? Yeah. Because I think, when I think of Republicans and conservative, I think things like, okay, shutting down the borders, yeah. protecting us, yeah, you know, 
That those uh, are conservative constitutionalists. Those are the people that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. when I think of liberals, I think of a bunch of people just want to open the, the borders up in the country and let us get invaded. Yeah. So, well, I, I understand that those are generally positions of the left. Uh, and and like so many things, for instance, you know, the Democrat Party likes to call the instead of calling them liberal, they call them progressive, uh, meaning that they feel that everything they do is progressive and anything else would be regressive. So if you disagree with them, it is regressive. That's falderall. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But they like to hijack words. They hijacked the word liberal a long time ago. So you equate being liberal with being left for years. And when I lived in Washington, D.C., and in fact, in Minneapolis before that, and even Cincinnati, I broke bread with people who generally uh, their political persuasion was left of center. Um, as far as being classically liberal, I discovered that they weren't when I moved away and started doing conservative talk radio because they all unfriended me on Facebook, which showed to me that they were more left than liberal. Because I sat with them and I had dinner with them and I had New Year's with them and we could actually have some discussions occasionally without straying into politics, uh, that would make me essentially the liberal in the group. But I am a conservative. I, I know this is confusing, Alan, because they've messed with the language so much. Go ahead. Well, you know, I understand it now. It's terminology. The time has changed. There's a little trickery there. But I'm starting to understand the class of 68, Rob. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, I grew up with these guys. And now yeah. I'm starting to see that they were kind of the hippies, right? They were all cool and stuff. And then they... They, they were turncoats. They turned yeah. into what we call yuppies and got real where they're at now. Am I correct there in any well, way? Well, I think, I think that you had a, a radical, and listen, I was only alive for a couple of years in the 60s, but the 60s were, uh, you know, people like uh, Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, Weather Underground, I could go on and on, uh, Marxist, communists, uh, they entered... Uh, academia and they were the 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 students were coached toward that and then they became uh members of the faculty lounge and they and they have spent the last 50 years espousing uh, the goodness of uh, of being really left of center communism and socialism while completely ignoring the facts and the destruction that it is left behind and what they've done is they very carefully honed uh several classes of students including millennials and now gen z to believe all of that nonsense that communism was the the best form of government ever in the history of mankind it just hasn't been properly uh, installed or or performed and when that is absolute nonsense communism always leaves a trail of bodies behind it and there's a point where you need to go okay let's just leave it in the dustbin of history but they have they had the chance to groom students uh, uh, expose them to only one side of the political equation which is left of center and shut down all other speech including on-campus speakers and people on campus trying to espouse conservatism. And this is what you get, Alan. We've got a bunch of people running big social media, a bunch of people in government who uh, who believe that uh, conservative speech is white supremacist and is verboten. And uh, that's what we're battling against. I hope that cleared up a few things. But, uh, yeah, conservative is conservative, all right? And and I'll debate you if you're, if you're left of center, but you're not going to change my mind because my... Uh, my experience is based on logic, common sense, and education. You know, there is that. And and somebody asked me this weekend. They said, they said, uh, are you um, are you libertarian? I said, well, I was kind of libertarian, leading conservative. So she said, uh, if you're conservative, then um, you would be pro life. And if you were libertarian, doesn't that fly in the face of your 
uh, abortion views, and if you are libertarian, shouldn't you be pro-choice? And I said, no, because abortion requires another human. Okay, there's a human inside of another human, separated by a fleshy wall and a bag of water. Uh, other than that, uh, that's a human, just like me. Got the brain, got the whole deal. You know, human could be a human, could eventually be complete, walking upright human, as all of us were. So that makes me uh, a conservative. So I'm willing to uh, to have discussions. I know where my beliefs lie. Very rarely will I be convinced otherwise, because I, you know. I would say that when it comes to truth, uh, when it comes to life, um, there are absolutes, you know? So um, whatever. Anyway, let, let's move on. I, I would say that liberal used to mean open-minded. It really doesn't anymore. Liberal today is left, and the left is not open-minded. That's why they, they created a cabal of big social media, the mainstream media, and the Democrat Party to shut down free speech. What is uh, less liberal than that? Let's go to Stephen Lovely Annapolis. Hello there, Stephen. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? How's it going, bud? Uh, God had nothing to do with the vaccine. If he yeah. did, it would work, would it not? <laughs> you, you, you would God think. God <laughs> had nothing to do with the virus. That was brought to you solely by the Chinese, Dr. Fauci, and Team Biden and Democrat Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, you're, you're responding to Kathy Hochul who said she was looking for <laughs> apostles to spread the, uh, the, the truth about the, about the vaccine, which was created by God. Yeah, I, I see yeah, what I said there, Steve, and that's why I opened the show with that juxtaposition, because it clearly, I think, shows uh, where the people of the United States are versus the left in this country. And uh, the, the left is doing uh, everything it can to take God out of everything, now to take sex out of everything, like uh, the sexual identity out of everything, and then it gets beyond uh, bizarre after that. Thanks for the phone call there, Stevie. Have a good one. Friday, the Biden administration announced it would resume granting lease sales for the drilling of oil and natural gas on federal lands. Hooray! Oh, my God! This is fantastic. They finally got it. They're going to make some changes. It's going to be back to Donald Trump being in office again. Wait, no. Biden administration intends to drastically decrease the amount of federal land available for drilling and plans to increase the royalty it charges companies to produce on federal lands. Yeah. Department of Interior says it'll make 144,000 acres of federal lands available for drilling. It's an 80% reduction in acreage that was originally designated for natural gas production. The department will also begin charging companies drilling royalties of 18.75% versus 12.5. So they're going to essentially gouge the oil companies that they consider to be gouging us. Bureau of Land Management, BLM, thank you very much will issue final environmental assessments and sale notices of upcoming oil and gas leases that reflect this strategic approach. <laughs> and the first ever increase in the royalty rate for new competitive leases to 18.75% to ensure fair return for the American taxpayers and on par with rates charged by states and private landowners. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to open up a little bit of uh, production. They're going to increase the uh, royalty rate and nothing is going to happen. But would it appear that they actually are doing something, but it's not. Uh, over the weekend, David Brooks, a Democrat, talked about uh, inflation and its causes. Extremely. Uh, inflation is the number one concern in the country right now. Uh, and even though wages are going up, uh, real wages are going down. That is wages after accounting for inflation. And so we've had several months now of, of negative wage, real wage growth. So whatever the Biden administration says about your paycheck going up, 
uh, it doesn't make any difference because you're getting robbed at the gas pump and in the grocery store. And so that that is a real problem. Uh, now, it's true that wages or inflation is rising everywhere in the world, fuel everywhere in the world, food everywhere in the world. But nothing compared to like what's happening in the United States. Listen to this. But the U.S. inflation rate is significantly higher than in most other comparable nations. They tried to originally blame it on a supply chain. Remember that? Remember that? There was a, between when Joe Biden took office and the invasion of Ukraine, Joe Biden blamed all of this on supply chain issues. Now he's blaming all of this on Vladimir Putin. And now he literally is saying that it goes back to when Vladimir Putin started putting troops on the Russia-Ukraine border three months after Joe Biden took office. So he's completely changed the narrative on who to blame. And he's been entirely wrong. Meanwhile, countries like Japan have uh, supply chain issues, had the same supply chain issues, but their, uh, their inflation didn't grow through the ceiling. Why? Because they didn't have all this nonsense federal spending. A little bit more from David Brooks. And so that has to be because of two things. The one is Federal Reserve policy. But two is our extremely expansionary fiscal policy, federal spending. And so that's, uh, I think that means that any further spending initiatives are going to be extremely unpopular uh, and are probably not going to happen. And they shouldn't happen because they've already ruined our economy and will continue to ruin it for as far as the eyes can see. Here is a, a economist Larry Summers talking about uh, what I've said for uh, a number of months now. The Biden administration is essentially Jimmy Carter, I hate to use this cliche, 2.0. Or I could say Jimmy Carter on steroids. You can see it, as I've emphasized, by looking at... Uh, the wage wages, which are the ultimate source of costs uh, in uh, the economy, we've got a pretty fundamental uh, inflation uh, problem in our country. You know, David, I saw something recently that brought this home to me. Uh, people think of us as having had 13, 14 percent inflation in the 1970s. And? But that's only because of the way it was calculated then. If you use the same way we calculate inflation now, yes, it got just above 10% in the 1970s. And? So getting to eight and a half, we're actually closer to being back there than I think most people realize. Again, welcome back, Carter. 1978 all over again. Welcome back, Carter. This is our theme song, kids. Welcome back to Jimmy Carter 2.0. Welcome back. He's the same bad press, but his name is Joe. Well, the names have all changed since Jim was around. Well, some of them are still there. The swamp that remains can't be turned around. <laughs> Joe's killing off the nation. Killing off the nation. Say hello to stagflation. Hello to stagflation. Yeah, we tease him a lot. Cause brain cells he ain't got. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. They never learn. They never learn. Welcome back. It costs an arm to fill your car. Welcome back. Your paycheck's the same and it don't go far. 
Joe pulled all the troops from Afghanistan. Everything is screwed up, I guess that's his plan. He's an Obama puppet. Obama puppet. So tell him to stop. Tell him to stop it. Worst in history, that's why we chant FJB. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You, you, you got the vaccination? You, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad, or, 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 or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're. No, no I, I, I really mean Hey guys, it's Rob Carson. Uh, listen, folks, this COVID situation is far from over. With 8.2 billion people receiving the jab, it's not surprising that 85% of blood stored for hospital use is COVID-vaccinated blood. If you didn't receive the vaccination, maybe because of a medical exemption, a religious exemption, or maybe you just don't like to be unconstitutionally forced into a vaccination, what do you do next to protect yourself? You're going to want to type this into your phone right now, exemptalert.com. These are emergency health alert bracelets that say do not administer COVID vaccinated blood. I'm going to say that again because I know I'm blowing some of your minds right now. Emergency health alert bracelets that say do not administer COVID vaccinated blood. ExemptAlert.com. ExemptAlert.com. John Enzalone served as a chief pollster for Biden in the 2022 presidential campaign. He was on Politico's playbook, Deep Dive. He warned that America's, quote, are pissed. The political strategist uh, is extremely concerned that Democrats could get obliterated in the midterms where they'll need to compete just to not get their arses kicked. And I agree. And I will also say it's too late because they overplayed their hands because they... The class of 1968, and again, not everybody who graduated in 1968, I'm talking about a group of radical leftists who have uh, lived in academia, occasionally ventured out into politics, and now sit on corporate boards. That's who's running many things in the country. No one's going to sit there as a Democrat consultant and try to BS you that this is anything but a really sour environment for Democrats, Anzalone admitted. So we better look at the strategic ways that we can compete, right? Just compete to not get our butts kicked. Now, here's the thing. Again, it's too late. They've already showed us their true colors, and they've done it all. They've done it all. I mean, they've thrown everything at the wall. They have thrown the Green Energy New Deal at the wall. They have done uh, exorbitant uh, spending, and they've caused the uh, the economy to crater and 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 inflation to blow up. They made us energy dependent again, all of these things. All the while saying that CRT is not being taught in schools when it is. All the while stealing an election in 2020 and acting like it didn't happen and saying that you're a conspiracy theorist if you believe otherwise. Telling you to your face that Russia collusion between Donald Trump and the Russians actually took place when you knew it didn't happen. That's been shown to be a lie. The Hunter Biden laptop covering that up, that's become a lie. All of this has been thrown against the wall and the American people have rejected it all. And hell is coming in November. And then hell is really coming after that. But you still have idiots like Donna Brazile saying, oh, no, it's all sunshine and happiness. Listen to her yesterday. And, and listen, I don't want her to change her thinking. I want them to continue to feel this way because they're going to get worse than their arses handed to them. 
They're going to face the either reinvention of the party or getting rid of it altogether. Absolutely, George. And all we have to do is wait over the next 37 days. There's 11 or 12 states hold their primaries. You have big primaries in Ohio and, and North Carolina, Pennsylvania, where the, pre the former president has already tipped the scales in support of one candidate over another. The Republicans are essentially running... Every time Donald Trump endorses a candidate, they win. ...on fumes. They're running on the energy of 2020. Listen to this. Listen to this again. Hold on a second. ...running on fumes. The Republican Party is running on fumes is what she's saying. They're running on the energy of 2020, which is the big lie. They're uh, it's just a big lie, but no, if you actually uh, do some research, you'll find out it's the big truth. Democrats are running on an economy that's roaring back, that is... Laughable. Uh, ...fighting inflation, that is helping the... Laughable. ...Ukrainians, Democrats will run on what they've delivered. Republicans are going to run on the fumes of 2020. Wow. It's very rarely you, you can see somebody uh, still getting on television who's that wrong, but, you know, it is actually uh, ABC. Tucker Carlson invited uh, Iowa corn and soybean farmer Ben Reinchy on to talk about inflation and to talk about where it's going. Because right now, no, I don't know if you know this, but because of uh, reduction in our energy independence and because we've cut off all uh, petroleum from Russia, we are going to see massive inflation. All of this because the price of fertilizer is going through the ceiling. Now, you don't think about this. I do think about this. I'm from Iowa. This is where I grew up. And you think of a bunch of, you know, you, you uh, elitist leftists. You think of hillbillies driving tractors. Uh, but they are businessmen who run, and women, who run America's farms and uh, feed you uh, pathetic leftists on the coast of the, uh, of the country. But here is what uh, this soybean farmer, who clearly is also, I guess, would say a budding political philosopher as well, talking about what is coming to America with regard to food prices, and I think you better listen. If you're upset that gas is up a dollar or two a gallon, wait till your grocery bill is up a thousand dollars a month. And it might not just manifest itself in terms of price. It could be quantity as well. Have you already noticed that? Have you already noticed that? Because I have. Empty shelf syndrome may just be starting. I, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Up a thousand dollars a month? I mean, that, sure. you know, the price of growing my crops, or the major crops of corn, soybeans, wheat, rice. They are the backbone of the economy. Cotton are up 30 to 40 percent. They are on my farm, and most of that is fertilizer. Nitrogen prices are up three times from the last crop we put in. Phosphorus and potassium have doubled. Uh, the planting season in the northern hemisphere is just weeks away. There's no miracle technology that can cut that in half or nope. a third. Nope. Uh, it's a pretty fixed formula. For me. If we could use all the BS that comes out of Washington as fertilizer, we'd be fine. To grow an acre of corn on my farm, I need 200 pounds of nitrogen, 200 pounds of phosphorus, and 100 pounds of potash. We just, it's going to be hard how this plays out. Will farmers switch to other crops that produce less? We're certainly not going to literally pour on the groceries to grow. This is going to be um, epic. Leading manufacturer of hydrogen and nitrogen products was informed Union Pacific Rail Lines were reducing and limiting shipments of fertilizer during the planting season this year. Kind of interesting. 
CF Industry Holdings Incorporated, a leading global manufacturer of hydrogen and nitrogen products today, inform customers it serves by Union Pacific Rail Lines that railroad mandated shipping reductions would result in nitrogen fertilizer shipment delays during the spring application season, that it would be able to uh, be unable to accept new rail sales involving Union Pacific for the foreseeable future. Now, uh, that sounded a little bit uh, verbose, you know, and maybe hard to understand to some degree. But we've got the same thing going on on our West Coast. We have a uh, supply chain crisis that was supposed to have been solved in October when Joe Biden went and visited the ports out there and said that he would make the ports operate 24-7 to increase the flow of goods into the heart of the country. That has not happened. And now we've got Union Pacific Rail Lines saying that they are going to restrict the amount of fertilizer that comes to the heartland where the crops are grown. Which makes me wonder who's involved. We're not experiencing the inflation of other countries. We have a specific amount of inflation that is dwarfing other countries, with the exception of, say, Germany, where it's even worse. But I told you last year, what would be the next crisis coming? If the government need to have a crisis in time for the election, what would it be? Well, Americans have said goodbye to COVID. They said it's over, even though they're still trying to panic monger. So what's next? Gas. That's why government uh, is handing out gas cards. That's why Joe Biden is scrambling and saying that they're going to reduce the price of uh, gas by a dime by making E15 alcohol gasoline uh, available through the summer. But what's going to happen is they're going to lower the price a little bit to give you a little relief. And then when November happens, they're going to go right back and the gas price is going to be $7. And after the gas, what's the next crisis? Food. When you can't fill your cabinets, when you go to the grocery store and the the shelves are empty. Look what they did to us in 2020 with with the COVID virus. You think they won't try this in time for an election? I don't doubt that there will be a crisis with regard to food very soon. And this will all pan out as the planning season continues, and we'll start to hear more about it. As we go to the Newsmax hotline, the founder and CEO of uh, Getter, G-E-T-T-R, and also a former aide to Donald Trump and close confidant to Jason Miller joins us on the phone. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Checking in live from Bogota, Colombia, where I'm here for the presidential interview series that Getter is live-streaming not just to the people of Colombia, but all over the world, being translated into 12 different languages in real time. This is some really exciting stuff. Well, I saw all of these uh, these uh, posts on your Getter profile in Spanish. Uh, tell us exactly why this is important, Jason. I'm, I'm very curious about this. Well, one of the things, and we've discussed this before, is that for Getter, about half of our users, a little over 2.5 million are here in the U.S., or uh, in the U.S., obviously, where I normally am. Sure. Uh, about half are around the world. Brazil is number two at about 15, 16% of our overall user base. But as we look around the world, wow. this fight for free, the freedom of speech, the fight for democracy, the fight against socialism is big, not just in the U.S., with what we see with some of the leftist center policies. It's huge in South America. It's huge in Europe. It's huge in Asia. And if we don't stand up and make sure that our free speech rights are protected, and communicate that with everyone around the world, then it's going to disappear. We're all going to end up in a totalitarian state uh, like China. Well, I uh, enjoy a getter, and I've experienced a freedom that I have not had 
on social media for a very long time. I've dealt with, uh, uh, certainly I've got one uh, one account that disappeared on Facebook on November the 4th of 2020 because of the election, before I did anything, before I said anything. But it appears right now that Getter is on the forefront of freedom of speech. Uh, you, you've got uh, uh, the possibility of a hostile takeover of Twitter, which caused the price to spike on their stock for a day or two, but it looks like that might be uh, knocked down. It's clear to me, Jason, that there is a desire to be with anyone where people can get a fair shake and the ability to express themselves like everybody else. Well, you're exactly right. And the thing is, this isn't just even, say, a center-right complaint anymore. This is now something that the mainstream media, people who maybe don't even view themselves as being that political, or even people who are on the uh, the center-left who are more ideologically inclined, people are realizing that these big-tech social media oligarchies are starting to enforce their viewpoints onto ours. And if you don't agree with them, you're going to find yourself either in digital jail or censored or shadow banned or algorithmed right out of existence. So people are finally starting to wake up, taking a little bit too long, but finally they're starting to wake up. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of interested, you know, Facebook and Twitter are worldwide phenomenons, and I would assume they are also supporting the left and uh, leftist ideology in those countries as well. And that's why you have such interest in Getter and other platforms, right? Well, exactly. And in fact, as we even take a look at, say, India, for example, where Prime Minister Modi has been censored and shadow banned by many of the big tech companies simply for uh, embracing Hindu nationalism and telling people in his country they can be proud of their, their Hindu faith. And I think the way that the big tech companies are picking winners and losers from the aspect of political discrimination, if they agree with you, you get free speech. If they don't agree with you, then you don't get free speech. And I think that's why you saw Elon Musk step up and say, okay, I want to do something about Twitter. But here's the thing, Rob. And I think what Musk found out was that Twitter is rotten to the core. They're still fixing it. This isn't just, let's swap out the CEO or the marketing director or something like that. I mean, we saw the employees literally... Uh, say that they they would not allow Musk to take over. They're going to chain themselves to their desk. Twitter yeah. is rotten to the core. Yeah, and I likened it to what's happening on university campuses the last 30 years. Uh, right now, Twitter is a closed club. What do you suppose, uh, what does your gut tell you about Elon Musk and his takeover of, uh, of Twitter? Do you suppose that uh, he may have been blocked from doing this, or do you think there's still a chance that the company can be reformed? I don't think that the company could be reformed. No one has ever quit Twitter and said, you know what, boy, I would like to be here, but the technology just isn't any good. Twitter's technology is great. The problem is the people who are running it, who are running the moderation, who are applying their political philosophies on top of their users. And I think what Musk has found out is that there is no fixing. It's kind of like getting a a rental car where the previous person was a smoker, and you can't get rid of that sense. There's there's just, there's ultimately, it it could be a Lamborghini or Ferrari. Yeah. that person, you know, like a two-pack a day or with uh, with the Marlboros. Uh, you yes. guys got to lay off a little bit. I think Musk at this point, though, he's he's been personally offended. And I think that's where it went a step beyond where he pivoted from, I want to take over this company and reform it, to now, you know what? The, these little pencil-neck geeks are actually uh, outright offending me. I do happen to be the world's richest man, so I'm going to cause them a little bit of brain damage uh, as I wind down here. Well, I believe he also thought that he could make some money at this so he you know as much as we'd like to think this is all about freedom of speech and i think to a large part it is i think that uh, he saw a company that is also 
and not living up to its potential by excluding half of the people who would otherwise use it? You know, that's a really great question. I, I don't know how much money he thought he'd be able to make. Of course, he said this is, uh, this is more about helping the, the social um, uh, discourse, the, the social conversation, said this is not something that's going to be a huge moneymaker. Uh, I think you're right that at a certain point, if he looked and said, look, I'm controlling Tesla, the entire world is moving toward electric cars, controlling SpaceX, where now even the government has to run through me to get things up into space <laughs> in a timely fashion. Then if I also control free speech uh, through Twitter, which, by the way, uh, Rob, you probably noticed this. You, uh, he could have easily have bought CNN, MSDNC, yeah. and the failing New York Times, all for less than half the cost of what he was going to throw down for Twitter. I think he realized that is the vehicle of the future. And I think he looked away and said, I can effectively have a monopoly in several different areas. Well, do you suppose that that same kind of dynamic is being ushered in at CNN, that uh, that they're going to, and I know that at least one major shareholder in CNN is uh, fairly conservative, and once they return to journalism, don't you feel like that's kind of the same dynamic that uh, Musk would like to bring to uh, to Twitter, this neutrality, this uh, this openness? What do you think? Well, I think as far as the, the old CNN, uh, maybe if you transport back in time to the Bernie Shaw days and the first yeah, yeah, World yeah. War, uh, back when actually were mm-hmm. somewhat down the middle. But to tell you how far off CNN has fallen, right now on Getter, right this moment, there's an interview with Blur Actuel, which is one of the French publications of Papacito, who's one of the biggest right-of-center influencers in all of France that currently has about 20,000 people watching the live stream. They're just on oh. Getter. That is more than twice the daily viewership of CNN+. Plus. So wow. <laughs> why have the mighty fallen? <laughs> that is fantastic. And I, and I liken the CNN opening of their streaming platform to owning a crappy restaurant that has lost 90% of its business and saying, you know what? We need to make this into a franchise. <laughs> That's essentially what they're doing. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you about Trump's social, his, uh, his social. I don't want to just talk about the competition, but I know your, your friends, your, uh, President Trump is a confidant. Uh, Truth Social, uh, you know, obviously they're taking a pummeling from the media because they want Truth Social to fail. What have you heard about the launch of Truth Social, and are they behind? Are they ahead? What's going on? Do you know? Well, they definitely got out to a bang with getting a lot of people that wanted to sign up. There's obviously been the delay with getting people onboarded. Uh, and that, that's that been the issue. Just a lot of people, I think, had the energy and the enthusiasm to want to get on, just haven't been able to. I think eventually they'll go and get this right. Uh, but they need to move quick here. There's only a certain amount of shelf life that people are going to have and want to come back to it and check it out and, and do it again. But here's the thing. We need President Trump back on board, back on social media. Uh, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, what about gutter growth? Let me ask you about that, because I, I see the growth on my account. I know that a lot of people are uh, very interested in what I have to say on gutter, which is pretty cool. Uh, how's, how is the company cutting through versus other new social media upstarts? Because I don't hear anybody talking about anybody but gutter. No, I think that's a couple of reasons. One, that we've had so many fun, exciting people join in addition to yourself, Rob. Obviously, we've had Russell Brand, who's joined the platform. Uh, We've continued to add additional comedians and actors and people from all sorts of walks of life. Rob Schneider, who's a a pretty funny guy, is on there. Um, And so uh, I, I think that the... It's a success is like a snowball. Once it starts rolling, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think that we have this dedicated team of people who are committed to freedom, uh, committed to democracy, and we just work 24 hours a day. And a lot of times, the uh, the uh, I guess you say the excitement is infectious. 
I agree, and I, I got to tell you, Jason, and I've said this before, you know, the social media companies do not have to abide by the First Amendment, not one little bit. They don't have to. They are private companies. The problem is, Jason, is that they offered uh, people the ability to reach people by spending their money to reach people, and then midway through it all, they changed the rules of the game. If they would have said originally that we are left-leaning and that we will censor conservative speech, then that would have been fine. But I, I've got friends who are on Facebook. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to reach people. And then all of a sudden, and I don't believe it's an algorithm in all cases. I think once you start to be a major conservative influencer on Facebook, it isn't an algorithm that uh, removes you or shadow bans you. It's people. And they go, what's that bastard saying? Aha, we can kick him off. And I think there's a lot of that going on, Jason, to be quite honest. So what do you say to those who are thinking of dropping Facebook and Twitter and considering, after much abuse, going together? Well, I think that's definitely a good move. And I think where, say, Facebook in particular has changed is it went from being the social network. Of course, we all saw the Jesse Eisenberg movie <laughs> yeah. to the social network, the social network for us being the, the left-to-center folks who are behind it. And I do think that their intention when they initially started was to try to bring people together and go and have this, this sense of community. But absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. And when they realized that they controlled so much of the voice of message around the entire world, that they were becoming such a, a driver of political thought, they couldn't help themselves but to go and weigh in and start pushing their leftist ideology. And I think they, uh, they actually found a way to goof up a good thing. Yeah, and then they also found out a way that they could uh, throw elections. They also found out how they could legally buy an election for over $400 million. Uh, it, it is remarkable. They grew into these oligarchs. They grew into American oligarchs and uh, and thought controllers. It really is remarkable, Jason. Listen, uh, we're out of time, but I greatly appreciate you joining me, and, I, and I'm looking forward to your return. Um, is there any way, place, uh, where, where would you like to guide people to follow you on social media? Obviously, Getter. Absolutely. <laughs> go, to, go to Getter, G-E-T-T-R, in the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. I'm yeah. at Jason Miller in D.C. All right, Jason. Safe travels. We'll talk again soon. Best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.